Welcome to the Men Refine Podcast. In this episode, we are bringing to you part two of a two-episode conversation with my friend David Frosch. I hope this episode encourages you just as much as it did to me. And if it does, would you mind sharing this episode with someone else? It will mean the world to me. Like, follow, and subscribe to the Man Refined Podcast anywhere you consume your podcast. And now, enjoy this episode. That first half is what really... Right. Nobody wants to go through Nobody that. Nobody wants to Nobody. go through that. And it hit me. That's where we are. That's what we're going through. And I have a choice to make. Mm. I have a choice to respond to this. It's, that's my choice. You know, I can choose to be angry. I can right. choose to let this make me... I mean, I'll be 100% honest. I wanted my life to end. There were multiple times when I prayed, God, just take me. Just take me. Because this is awful. This is the Men Refined Podcast. And so, yeah, so I just was like, I'm going to be my own advocate and I'm going to research and I'm going to look up anything and everything that I can try to find out and I started reading more and more about dysautonomia and how it can lead to just, it's a malfunction of the nervous system and how it can commonly be misdiagnosed as MS and other symptoms like that. And, you know, it wasn't just MS, it was lots of stuff that they were testing me for, but that seemed to be like the main kind of culprit based be- off because of, my of symptoms, your symptoms. My symptoms, right. yes. Um, and so he was shocked. He was beyond shocked when we pulled up my... MRI of my brain, he was expecting to see what they call MS lesions, Mm -hmm. which is basically just an attack on your brain. And Mm -hmm. that's what causes your body to just malfunction. Um, And so there were some spots that were very small, but not nothing that was like, this is it, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it was just, let's keep an eye on these things um, and continue to do testing. We'll retest you in six months. I was not okay with that. (laughs) Because like, you know, meanwhile, I'm not working. I'm, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm right. like having bouts and days where like I can't walk, you know? And so it's like I can't physically do anything. And symptoms, instead of getting better, just kept getting worse. Um, and I kept developing new symptoms. And so like my list just grew um, and grew and grew. Um, and so... Once I, you know, found stuff about dysautonomia, I started researching other specialists in the area that, you know, have a, that's what they kind of really <laughs> focus on, a focal point. Um, so I, I went to another neurologist um, and it was a total God thing because those specialist appointments take months mm-hmm. to get in. And yeah. so I went ahead and scheduled the appointment, which was like three months away. Um, and I just asked people, please pray, please pray. I need to get in. I need answers. I need to know what's going on. Uh, meanwhile, you know, my employer was still graciously paying my salary, which was incredible. Um, and still kind of waiting to make any decisions, um, because I didn't have a diagnosis. We didn't know what was wrong with me, mm-hmm. you know? And the hope was once I get diagnosed, we'll fix it. I'll get better and I can come back to work. Right. Um, and so now that's the plan. That was the plan. Yeah. Where are, where are, <laughs> right. This is, yeah. and, and I want to stop here for a second because sometimes 
we're trying to we're trying to make plans to trying to figure out our lives mm-hmm. at times and have a sense of understanding mm-hmm. so we can we can plan ahead somehow and yeah. have a sense of okay this is what's going to happen and then if we deviate kind of like you're trying to you're expecting if this happens mm-hmm. you're going with that expectation but now you know how to tackle it so you're trying to set plans around obviously what you don't know at this point yeah. what are you thinking mm. as a man where where's your state of mind at this point where and, and i think that through this journey you're probably around um middle of 2022 mm. i think at this point uh right before you were going into these other specialists yeah kind of like yeah it was uh living in spring living the spring close like to may, the summer i think may yeah. was my first i think may was when i got in with the first neurologist because mm-hmm. it took a while to get in with that appointment mm-hmm. and honestly every appointment that i had it was scheduled for months away right 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 and somehow i still got it right um praise god for it, that yes yeah. and so that process was expedited, mm-hmm. um, you know, not on my terms, but thankfully God intervened and then, you know, helped those appointments open up for whatever the reason was, um, to, for me to get in sooner. Um, so it was, you know, May, June was kind of right in the middle of just like, yeah. we don't know what's going on. That was probably, you know, May, May through August, I would say were my worst days physically health wise. Um, just with the symptoms, because August is eventually when I finally received the diagnosis. Um, and so I went into this neurologist with high hopes, um, went to her because she said she specialized in the abnormal things um, mm. and also takes more of a holistic approach, um, looks at everything um, and uh, to just help reach you know, the diagnosis. And so she was the one that said, I do think you have dysautonomia, specifically POTS. I was like, what is that? You know, (laughs) Um, but postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. So she sent me to a cardiologist. Um, After that, again, it was like, okay, here's the, we go again. Another weight, right? Yeah. So I went to the cardiologist, which started a whole nother round of testing specifically for my heart which then ultimately led to your heart's functioning fine. There's nothing wrong with your heart. How long do you tested uh, your <laughs> it was heart? A, about it was a couple about of months, another, right? It was another month or two. Yeah. Because um, that was probably getting into June. Um, yeah, you were writing the summer. And then it wasn't days, until yeah. July when I got my results back and then was told you need to go see this specialist who actually specializes in POTS. Mm-hmm. Um, but (laughs) it was a six month waiting period, um, because it's such a unique thing that not the medical community just doesn't know much about. There's very few doctors and specialists who actually practice that and, um, diagnose it and treat it. So you have people coming from all over trying to get in with these doctors and specialists. And so, you know, at that point it was like, (laughs) you've, you know, you I'm going to recommend you, I'm going to refer you, but it's a six month wait. Um, and so at that point in time, you know, my employer was basically saying, we've got to make a decision before the fall on terms, if you're going to go on disability, um, or if you're going to be able to come back. And 
So again, it was just like, please pray, you know. There's a lot, and, there's a lot and of pressure. It, at this point. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. What's in your head? Yeah. So at that point, it was desperation, to be honest. Like, I just wanted answers. Um, I think I was like numb to anything besides that. Like, I just, I was in panic mode um, because I didn't know what was wrong with me. I didn't know what I had. I didn't know if I was going to get better. And I didn't know how I was going to provide for my family. Um, and, you know, because when we moved here, um, you know, we decided to homeschool our kids and my wife wanted to be home. She wanted to be teacher to them and be home. And so she did photography on the side. She did that back in Texas more full time. Um, but we kind of made that decision. So I was the only income right. in our family. And so we were scared out of our minds. Um, and at that point in time, we were so desperate for answers. We weren't really able to think about like, what are we going to do? You know, and, and, and thankfully we didn't have to fully dive into that yet because Calvary was still graciously paying my salary and I still had my benefits, you know, which was huge and all these tests and MRIs because those things are very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So Praise to God. still have health insurance and stuff throughout that was a huge blessing that I will be eternally grateful for. Um, and so some of that pressure was, I mean, it was always there, but it was in the back of our minds because it was like, right you, now we just you want were, answers. You, you were taken care of at yeah, that point. Yeah, and so, right. but once it kind of got to, we need to come to a decision here, that's when we freaked out. Yeah. Um, and for me, I took that um, responsibility of providing for my family very seriously. I wanted to give my wife what she wanted to, for her to be home with the kids and be homeschool, be teacher, be mom, um, and be home, you know, and not have to be working. And, um, and that was all ripped out from underneath me. And then now, you know, I'm not working and we're a month away from not potentially not getting a salary, having to start the process for disability, not knowing if that would happen. Um, disability was not even half of what my paycheck was. Um, and did not include health insurance. So it was not a great option um, in terms of finance, finances, you know? And so we just like, we just got crazy scared in those moments. And for me to just be helpless <laughs> um, and to see the emotional and physical toll that that took and put on my wife to have to step up and be everything for my family, mm. Um, and my kids and for me it was very hard and I might even tear up a little bit because that just that 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 was that was bad that was rough yeah. um, I felt worthless I felt helpless I felt like a worthless human being um, because I could not do anything for myself um, and you know not knowing yet what I have and what I'm how long is this going to be? You know, like, is this our new life? Like, um, so we began to have conversations of what are we going to do, you know? And, um, and so that's kind of when those conversations started knowing we still have a little bit of time to figure it out. Um, but it was tough. It was really hard, um, to be in that moment, just to feel that like helplessness of like, I can't help. I can't work. I can't physically even wash dishes. Like, I can't do anything around the house and seeing how exhausted my wife was getting in the middle of all this, um, was just really, really tough. How, uh, how do you cope 
what worked in those in uh, in that yeah. season because mm -hmm. as a man you know what you describe is i think is one of the most excruciating things that any man can go through mm -hmm. right that used to be to be removed from some sort of a sense of uh providing for yeah. your family just just to begin with mm -hmm. and and the other side is to be physically active yeah somehow as a man that's That is a tough one. Yeah. To I'm be in. A man and a father. Yeah. Know, absolutely. Like yeah. Yeah. Not be able to, you know, like Trevor, my oldest, he and I had started to like start playing a lot of tennis together. And mm -hmm. um, he was really getting an interest in it. And we were loving it. We were going out every day and it was awesome. It was fun. You know, being able to just like play with my girls and, you know, throw them up in the air and, you know, all the things that little kids want you to do. And, Um, and then all of a sudden, just to mm -hmm. like not be able to do that, yeah, is um, <laughs> heartbreaking, you know. And and then also to not know, like, am I ever going to be able to do these things right. again? Um, and so, at the time, I didn't cope with it. And I will be 100 honest; it put me in a very dark spot. Um, I think I tried to hide that from everyone, even my wife and kids. Um, but it, it was, it was not, not good. It's, it's not easy. It's pretty obvious. It's not easy. Uh, that I was miserable. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're um, trying to protect them from your own exactly. self, right? You you're know? trying to stay positive through and, it because obviously they're going, they're yeah. going through that with you mm -hmm. and you're trying to be strong for them. Yeah. However it may look, you're trying to be strong for them yeah. so you can assure them that it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, but so, you don't know if it's going to be okay. Yeah. I just, I felt weak and helpless, like and I've, to an extent that I've never felt before because I was weak and helpless. I was my, I was deteriorating away, you know, and like, um, no energy at all. Like it just, it was awful. And so, so yeah, so mentally it, it was hard. Um, and at that time I did not cope with it. I didn't know how to cope with it. Um, I tried to ignore it. I tried to not accept it, this new reality that I was in. And I think that really made things worse um, because I didn't want to accept um, that I need to find new ways to engage with my wife and my kids and um, that I can physically do. You know, it was like still this like, no, I'm going to get better and this is not permanent. And I refuse to accept this truth that I'm faced with. Um, And still in my mind, it was like, I'm going to go back to work in August. And I know it. It's just what's going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, so I began to believe that, <laughs> um, which made the next few months even harder to deal with because that's not how it played out. I did not get better. Um, I did eventually receive a diagnosis um, in August after my time had passed um, with Calvary. Uh, my salary was no longer coming in, um, and I was in the process of applying for disability. We were hoping that would come through. That was denied um, multiple times. Um, and because it's just an unknown thing. Um, and and so, yeah, so we were just like, we have nothing. <laughs> like, what are we going to do? You know, and repeat that again. We you have, said you had nothing. We have nothing. What are we going to do? You know, because at that point, our savings was, you know, dwindling rapidly from medical bills. We had no money coming in. We, you know, own a home. So we have mortgage payment. Now we have insurance that we have to pay. 
um, for all these tests and specialists and appointments. Um, and I did get a diagnosis, you know, with, with POTS, um, eventually from getting, cause it did, I was able to get in with that specialist within a couple of weeks of the cardiologist, cardiologist scheduling that appointment. And she was like, you have POTS, um, this is how we're going to deal with it. Um, and you know, because of where my resting heart rate was, I could not take any of the medication that they normally treat because what POTS does is basically your autonomic nervous system malfunctions. So it no longer works and that controls your organs, your heart, your movement. So then like after getting that diagnosis, it was like, yes, this totally makes sense because every symptom I had was like, this is it. Um, and so she said the only thing I could do was this physical therapy program called the Levine protocol and just, you know, hope it works. Um, and so, because your ability to do anything physically is completely removed with Mm -hmm. POTS because just standing up your heart rate, Mm. basically you, 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 you lose the control of your blood flow in your body. And so your blood just pulls in the lower part of your body Every time you stand up, it stays there. Your your brain then tells your heart it's got to pump faster to get the blood throughout the rest of your body. And that process makes you black out and you pass out and you fall. And so that's what I was dealing with, um, along with all the other crazy symptoms that I had. Um, but where my resting heart rate is, it's on the lower end and it always has been. So the medicine that they give you is designed to lower your heart mm, rate even more um, to prevent those heart rate spikes from being so severe. Mm-hmm. Cause literally my heart rate would go from 40, like upper forties from that's my resting heart rate to 167 mm. just from standing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, like it was crazy. That's um, why they thought there was something wrong with your heart. Yes. Right? They thought it was something with my heart, but it turns out it's, it's right. POTS. It's the autonomic nervous system. So my heart is fine. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, you know, right. Um, but it was my autonomic nervous system that was not controlling the way my heart is supposed to work right. and pump blood through my body and your blood vessels no longer constrict the way that they're supposed to, to keep blood where it's supposed to stay when it's supposed to stay there. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah. So anyway, so it was, you know, crazy started this phys- physical therapy program. It was horrible. Um, I went from, you know, it's an eight month program. Um, and I'm happy to say that I am done. <laughs> eight months, uh, took me longer than eight months to do it because if you can't progress to the next level, you have to repeat it. So it took me about 11 months, almost a full year, um, to do this therapy program. But I went from not even being able to stand for two minutes to now I am running multiple five K's a week on Mm. the treadmill, um, which I couldn't even do, you know, before I got this, uh, physically. Um, and, so yeah, but anyways, so that's, you know, kind of jumped the gun there on where we're at now, but you know, back to that time in that moment of desperation, like we have nothing, what are we going to do? We felt hopeless. We felt like, honestly, we had felt like God had like neglected us or forgotten us. And like, it was like, why are we suffering? Cause at that time, you know, POTS is an incurable, um, condition. Mm-hmm. There's no cure for it. There's only treatments to help you manage your symptoms, right. but throughout your life, it's supposed to always affect you. So I'm being told I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. I'm more than likely never going to be able to physically work again. Um, and I'm just going to suffer for the rest of my life. That's what I'm being told by the specialist who's supposed to have all the answers to make me better. Mm-hmm. So I'm being told that, and then having to deal with accepting this new 
truth that I had been refusing to accept of, I'm going to get better. I'm going to go back to my job in August. Everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so mentally in that point, I hit rock bottom Um, mentally, physically, spiritually, because I just felt like all hope was gone being told this is what it is, but there's no cure because your case is so severe. You're going to suffer for the rest of your life. We can't treat you the way we would normally treat you. So good luck, you know, like stick with this physical therapy, do some dietary changes, but it's just going to be a tough life, you know? And as you get older, it's just going to be even harder because Mm -hmm. basically if I stop exercising, everything gets worse. Um, And so that's what I'm being told. And then I have to mentally accept, okay, I've got to apply for disability. I'm not getting my job back. Um, And then disability didn't happen. And then it was just like, what are we going to do? Um, And so back to what I said earlier about um, knowing why God brought us here. Um, Throughout this whole season, we saw the beauty that's in the body of Christ Um, and how they met our needs, um, how we never missed a payment, how our bills were paid and continue to be paid and through people helping and reaching out and God providing in incredible ways. My wife started a business. Um, she has a heart and a passion for interior design. And so she started a business with that to do that and home staging. Um, and, you know, cause we were just thinking she's going to have to be, mm. um, you know, she's going to have to work. She's going to have to provide right. now. Right. Um, cause I can't, especially um, when you can't. Yeah. And so she started her business. Um, God began to bless that and give her some opportunity there. Um, and then, yeah. And so that kind of went on. I, I got a little better, but still was never to the point where I could do any kind of full-time job. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So mentally going through that, dealing with that, um, I had to accept my reality. And I think that's a hard thing to do when you're faced with a reality that you don't want to accept. Um, I had to accept that I was not going to be able to lead worship anymore. I was not going to be able to do my job. I was not going to get better. And I was not, you know, this is it. This is who I am. This is the new me. Um, And, you know, I never wanted to accept it, but mentally I had to. Um, I had to grieve over those things. Um that I loved, you know, and I had to find ways to enjoy life again in the capacity that I can enjoy it. Um, and everything that I loved was taken from me, um, during that time, everything that I love to do, every place I love to be, like, I love the mountains. I love the mountains is my happy place. We tried to go once I physically, was better, but it turns out changes in altitude drastically mm-hmm. affect your pot symptoms. Mm. I felt miserable. And so my happy place wasn't even happy, mm. you know? Um, and so it was a tough season. Um, but the second that I began to just accept this is who I am, um, God has a plan, God has a purpose. That's when everything began to change, um, mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, and not that it was ever easy cause it was not easy. Um, but that's when, um, my eyes were open to see that God had never left us (laughs) and, um, he never fails and he never will. 
and his ways are higher than our ways. And that's where that trust really began to come back um, that had been lost um, because there was just anger, you know, there was anger. Um, you know, going back to our story and just never wanting to put my family through that heartbreak again, it felt like I was putting my family through that heartbreak again, um, because I didn't understand why we would move out here just for it to be taken away. Mm. Um, but I actually had a friend that I met up with and he told me something that really changed my mindset when I was saying those exact words. And he was just like, well, maybe God didn't bring you out here for the job. He brought you out here for the community. Oh. And like, that was just like, yeah, that's totally it, you know? And um, because we've had friends and family that we've never had before, you know, that like, we don't have blood family here, but we have family here, you know, and people helped in so many ways. And it's just been an incredible journey to be on that I am thankful for, which is weird to say. Um, because it sucked, <laughs> but I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that my kids have seen what it looks like to be a true follower of Christ. What to it, be in community, what right? it looks like to, to be in community of Christ. What it looks like when you read Acts and it talks about meeting the needs of those mm. in your community, and every need is met. Um, those aren't just words anymore. That's right. truth that they have seen, and they will never forget. And that will stick with them for the rest of their lives um, because that's how things have played out in our lives this past year. Um, how are you kids? How? If, if, yeah. If, if, I mean, if you will give it a little bit of context and you don't have to go too deep, yeah. but how do you think they've been through, through this season? Yeah. Because right? so, it's a hard season as kids to be in. Yeah. It's been an up and down roller coaster for them. And honestly, it's hit them at different times. Mm. Um, and that that's been tough because it's like, we didn't all grieve all at once. Mm. Um, it hit us in stages. And so it was just an ongoing yeah. process of grieving, you know? And um, and so it was hard for them because they had to be okay with my physical limitations. Um, and that was tough, you know? And it took a while for them to be mm. like, hey, Dad, sure. can we do this? And yeah, it's for like, sure. No, like, I can't, you know? And like, ugh, like I hated having to say no. So it took a while, you know, and so it was hard. It hit them in different ways. Um, you know, I think for Trevor, um, what was hard for him is like our time was taken away. Like um, for us to be able to go do manly things and, you mm -hmm. know, like go out on hikes and go camping and go play tennis, go do sports, go ride bikes, like whatever, play catch in the back. Like all of those things, you know, that a teenage boy needs to do, we couldn't do you know? And, um, and so I think that that's what was hardest for him. And also he was old enough to know like what this really could mean in mm -hmm. terms of we could lose everything here. We could lose our yeah. home. We could have yeah. to move back yeah. with family. Like Do you guys had those conversations with them. We tried not to go in detail, okay. um, because we didn't want to, um, put too much worry yeah. and stress on yeah. him. Yeah. But it got to the point where we had to, you okay. know, because he's old enough and smart right. enough. He's, he course. would ask questions. Yeah. And then that would trickle down to Briley. Mm -hmm. And so she came next. And for her, it was just the the fear of the unknown. Um, 
we had to pull a plug on all activities that they mm -hmm. were doing. Um, so they could no longer do, you know, any sports or extracurricular activities because we couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't, you know, like do anything fun really, you know, as a family, um, because we just had to cut all unnecessary expenses, um, just to make ends meet. And so I think that's what kind of hit our younger ones harder because you know, they were doing different classes and things like that and um, wanting to do more activities and try new things and try new sports. And so all of that was kind of removed. Um, and then like, you know, when it hit Kaylee, our youngest, um, that was, that was, you know, it was just a different level, it, just her age dealing with mm -hmm. the difficulty of it, not knowing how to express how it was bothering her right. was tough. Yeah. So it was a, it, it, it hit them in different ways, you yeah. know? And so it was a different grieving process for all of us, um, to go through. So are we all better? No. <laughs> um, cause there's still a lot of question marks out there. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, but anyway, so it was tough, you know, through it, but in all of it, they gained more community than they've ever had, you know? And, um, through people of all different age groups too, which is what was really neat. You know, they got a lot of grandparents <laughs> through this. Um, they got a lot of new friends. They got a lot of babysitters and, you know, um, and just throughout this, this season. Um, so that, you know, they gained a lot of community through it as, as well. Um, but it's been tough to go through for sure. Mm. You know, many, many of us don't think about community really, mm -hmm. because it's just one of those things that takes a lot of time. Yeah. Takes a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. And you have to put up with a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't want to get into the mess, right? Yeah. Into the drama that it is to be involved in some sort of community. But there's beauty in the unknown. There's also beauty in the drama if we learn how to manage it somehow yeah. and be able to give grace to mm -hmm. to those who God has put around us. Yeah. You know, your story is 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 remarkable and And I'm sure, and I want to go into some of the key Bible verses that, yeah. that got you in yeah. this season. I was thinking as, as we, I was kind of like praying about our conversation about mm -hmm. Isaiah 41, 10, mm -hmm. fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. Mm -hmm. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm. And I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some verses there that at times got you through mm -hmm. the dark days, but also I understand that sometimes you may not even want to even go there because yeah. you have to grieve, mm -hmm. you have to scream, mm -hmm. you have to be in your closet and stay there until you can come out a bit better. Yeah. Right, and sometimes we have to get some of that stuff out, because mentally we have to. We have to drain that somehow. It's yeah. like it's like a dog needs to release the stress somehow. You take it for a run, you take it for a walk. Like yeah. the same way, we need to release these stressors, as you know, which I think is a way for us to cope with the pressure, because mm -hmm. that that needs to go somehow out yeah. of our body. We need to release that pressure somewhere. And sometimes our wives are the first ones that take that, mm -hmm. right? That blow up. 
And I'm sure there's some of that because there has to be some of that. That's just some of the stuff that we have to go through yeah. as couples, as in the marriage. But yeah, is there any any key verse that you may want to share? Yeah, and I mean, there's so many verses not, like that, you know, in Isaiah, um, the one that you shared, that just talk about God, He's with you, He won't forsake you. Yeah. Um, and But all of those verses kind of have a similar um way to get to that point you know yeah. like um and yeah, so yeah. for me after my mindset changed and that trust began to come back and anger left and it was turned to okay god what are you doing you know like what do i need to learn what am i not learning what am what am i not seeing um and verses along those lines kind of began to be what really stood out to me um and there were two in particular that really um, we clung to as a family and as, you know, for our marriage, for hope in the future and, um, hope in the unknown. Um, and both of these verses are cliche verses that people, um, tend to, um, place on their, you know, in a cool trendy frame mm-hmm. in their home, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Insta post, yeah, Twitter. So, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and so, but these verses are so commonly used out of context. And so the context of it is what really hit home mm. in my heart and in my mind. And the first one that I came across was Habakkuk chapter three, verses 17 through 19. The cliche verse says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And in every frame that you see, <laughs> They leave out the first part of that verse that says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in, in the God of my salvation. And the first part says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fell, and the, the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation." And then it goes on to say, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. And so that first half is what really, right? you know. Nobody wants to go through nobody that. Wants nobody. To go through that. And it hit me. That's where we are. That's what we're going through. And I have a choice to make. Mm. I have a choice to respond to this. It's That's my choice. You know, I can choose to be angry. I can right. choose to let this make me, I mean, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I wanted my life to end. There were multiple times when I prayed, God, just take me, just take me because this is awful. And I had no hope. I had no joy. I had no comfort. (laughs) Um, I lost all of that. And I, I just, I was tired of suffering and I was tired of I felt like I was a burden, you know, to Mm -hmm. my wife. I felt like I was a burden to my family. I felt like I was a burden to my friends because they had to do everything for me. Mm. Um, and that was, that was tough, you know? And so I, I chose anger. I chose, um, frustration and, um, sadness and depression and, you know, all the, all the negative emotions that come when you're in, in a time of suffering, I, I chose that path and I saw that, yes, I was a burden because of that, not because of my physical limitations, but because of my mental state of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because of how I was responding to what was going on in our lives. Right. Um, because of the hope that I had lost. Um, and, and so when I came across this verse, I just, I did have that moment where I was crying in the closet and just like broken, extreme broken. It was just like, God, like, please help me get to that point where I can rejoice in you again, where I can find joy in you again. Um, even in the midst of all this suffering, even in the midst of all this unknown, um, and help me get to that point, you know? And so I just begin to pray that verse over and over again. Um, and, and then, you know, th through that, like that begin to, that trust, that faith, that joy begin to come back. And I begin to see the beauty of the body of Christ, um, and the community that he had put us in. I began to see like how much better we were off here than mm. had I had gone through this in Texas. Mm. Um, because even temperature environment wise, Colorado is a very good place to deal with pots uh, because uh, heat and humidity mm -hmm. are big contributing factors. I see. Yeah. So Colorado does not get, I mean, it, it still gets hot, but not like crazy hot like mm -hmm. Texas and there's no humidity. Right. <laughs> um, which helps. It, which helps. And so even physically, I was in a spot where I, my body could physically recover from this better had we had still been in Texas. But then when you put the community side of it too, and we had great friends in Texas that we still keep in touch with. Obviously I had family there, but none of them were close, you know, right. like they were all a few hours away and things like that. Um, and so I began to see how everything lined up, you know, and how we're here. And then, you know, when my friend told me that about, um, Maybe God brought you here for the community. Mm. That's when I begin to notice things like these verses, you know, that begin to really come true. And the other one that really kind of became our family verse, the Habakkuk one was from me. Like that was from me personally, mm. from my family, um, Jeremiah 29, 11, which I know that's another um, Pinterest worthy <laughs> project that every, everybody does, you know, it has all over their mantle or whatever. Yeah. But for, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Um, so yeah, that sounds amazing, you know? Beautiful, right? And beautiful, but what this... You can tackle anything. Yeah. He's going to get you through it. Yeah, but what, what this comes out of is a time of exile and yeah. suffering for decades right? Um, <laughs> to where God's promising after this, I will come back to right. you. I will give you this future, this but hope. But you still have to go through it. But no? you're still Just going remember, you're going to go through it. Exactly. And so... And, um, and you don't know how for you don't know for how long. Yeah, exactly. And so that that concept of yes, God still He's still got this. He's still in control. He's still giving us a hope and a future, even though it might be completely different than what we want it to be. Um, and even though I might not ever get better, um, He's still in control, and He's still there. He's still providing. He's still comforting. He's still guiding us and leading us through this. And we wanted to teach that to our kids. So that verse became our family life verse. And actually my wife's business that she started, she called it 29 Design mm. because she wanted to, to tell our story, like why she even started this business, um, but also be a way to share that story and what God was doing in our lives and um, how he brought us to that point too of, of trust and of a willingness to say, okay, like, I can't do this, God, but you can, you know? And um, 
And so those were the two kind of key verses that helped us through it. Um, and then once I started getting better mentally, physically, I started improving as well. Cause stress is also a huge contributor, contributor to pot symptoms. Um, so how do you feel now, David? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. So now <laughs> I, I don't even know. I mean, I know why I can say this because God, um, but I feel healed. Like I feel 100% healed in every sense of the word. Um, and that even came as an unexpected shock. Um, once I started getting to the point physically where it was like, I think I can try to work again. Um, but I work from home remote, like, um, type job. Um, that's, I begin to apply for those, um, because still, you know, we're going on months, mm -hmm. no salary, mm -hmm, nothing. Mm -hmm. um, but God was still providing. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so, but it was like, I, I gotta work, you know, I, I think I physically can do this again, but it needs to be a work from home job. That's a flexible schedule, um, that allows me to not have to have any physical demands because mm -hmm. at the time I was still like better, but not better. I, I felt like I was at the point where I was like, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to be for the rest of my life. What, and when is this late last year or early so this, this year? was, uh, I mean, it's not like we're too yeah, we're in like, the first no, quarter. It was anyways. early, early this year. So Jan okay. January ish. Okay. Um, and you are going through your exercises and still trying going to, through therapy trying to and, you know yeah. build some 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 kind of strength in your body yeah which is helping definitely right yeah. so the more you exercise the more you move the yeah. more you feel that your strength is coming back yeah but what do you think happened i mean was this mm -hmm. thing from one day to another mm -hmm. that you said I'm healed. Like, <laughs> can you explain was. exactly so, what yeah, happened and there? Not many people know this yet because it was still kind of like, did this really happen? You know? Mm -hmm. um, so once I started getting better and I started feeling like I might be able to do my job again, um, you know, I went back and started having conversations um, with it, with my past employers about, I think I can do this. They're like, well, what limitations are still there? And so I shared those and, Um, there was still some hesitation. It was just like, I don't know that it's, it's right. I don't know. You know, they were worried that if I came back, it would make me backtrack physically and things like that. And so again, I had my hope set on going back to my job that I loved. Um, and honestly, that was my motivation throughout this whole time was to get better so I could get back to the job that I loved. Um, and so after that was a no, you know, I had to like, once again, like fully mentally accept I am done leading worship. I am done as a worship pastor at my church. I am done. Is that where you are now? Uh, as far as being done with that, like mentally? Yeah. Are you mentally done? Mentally, I, <laughs> that's a hard thing to answer, because, okay. but I'll explain that's why here in a minute. But um, so I had to get to that place again because it was quickly sending me down again of like, I've worked so hard to get back to this point. I know I can do it. Why is it, an, why is it still a no, you know? And do you think you were trying to get better for the wrong reasons? Yes. <laughs> so yes. And, uh, so I had to go through that. Okay. And so, um, I went through that again. I accepted it. I was like, I'm done. 
And then Susan Head talks about, well, what, what can I do? Um, I've always been passionate about real estate. Uh, back in Texas, we worked at the real estate investment company and that like, I loved it. Like I loved every aspect of it. And so we've always talked about how that's something we would like to do down the road um, in terms of us doing that together, me and, me and my wife, Susan. Um, and so we had those conversations of like, well, maybe I could get my real estate license and just try that. It's a super flexible job. Um, you know, I set my own hours, it's something I enjoy. So maybe I should do that. But obviously it's a scary thought because it's not a guaranteed salary. Um, and so we let some time go by and prayed about it, thought about it. So fast forward a couple of weeks, um, and, uh, Saturday night, we're laying in bed talking about it. And it was just like, we've got to decide, like, we've got to decide what are we going to do? And I just was like, okay, I'm going to get my real estate license. So we're like, okay, let's, let's try it. Let's give it a shot. Go to bed, wake up the next morning, go to church. And <laughs> in that worship service, that was the first time I was able to physically stand mm. for the entire worship service without my heart racing, without experiencing any symptoms, um, cause to that point, I still wasn't able to do that. I wasn't able to stand for more than five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so five, 10 minutes max. Um, and so, uh, yeah. And in that moment, like I felt my sickness leave me. Like I felt like that burden just go away. And it was a weird thing to experience because I've never felt and experienced anything like that. And so, I, you know, Susan and I are like bawling in church, you know? and some of our friends came in and, uh, you know, sat, they, they walked in a little bit late, sat down behind us and they're like, oh yeah, how are you doing? And then we're like, okay, you know, like, they're just like, what is going on? You know, why, why are you crying? So we tell them and then they start bawling and like, um, so we just like cried that entire worship service. Um, cause, and I'm just like checking my watch. Cause like part of my thing is like, I have to have a heart rate monitor uh-huh. and I'm literally looking at it the entire time going, why, like what, mm-hmm. why, like, why is it not mm-hmm. racing? Why am I not getting dizzy? Mm-hmm. Like how, how am I okay? Um, and so we kind of kept it to ourselves for a little bit and, um, just because we wanted to see like, is this, is this really what's going on? But after that, I just began to get better and better and stronger and stronger and, um, began to run and like all this stuff again, you know, and it was just like, what is going on? Um, and so I began to be like, there's something going on here. And so I reached out to my specialist, told her what was going on. She was like, I got nothing. Like this should not happen. Mm. Like there's no medical explanation for what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Now it's common to physically improve with POTS, but it's not common right. Those for go away, all right? of your symptoms to fully go away. And that, that happened all at once. It happened all at once. It happened in that moment. Um, Praise God. And I was, <laughs> amen, right? I was very cautious leading in after that you know because i like i was like wait i feel good like yeah, i yeah, feel yeah. better but i don't want to like you don't want to push it, yourself you know? and then go back exactly i was so steps. scared Absolutely. that i would like do yeah. something that would make me backtrack and so that was an, another reason why we didn't really and we told people I, I was able to stand um and even at that you know anyways that that was a big physical limitation that 
I, they were wanting my employer was wanting me to overcome mm. to get my job back. And so once I got to that, I was like, Hey, I'm standing, <laughs> <laughs> can I have my job back? You know? And, uh, and so, yeah. And, um, that not, reminds, not, that not, reminds me of Jesus saying, you just gotta keep knocking. You just gotta keep knocking. I knocked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, on a door that, uh, was not, I don't think is, I just don't think it's supposed to be open. Right. Um, and so, but I, I was, you know, refusing to accept that truth and, um, and so, yeah, so, but then it led to, if you are, you know, physically better, like, and you think you can do this, our Thornton campus needs someone, they need an interim person. Is that something you want to do? You know? And originally I was just like, I don't know. Cause like our, our, I felt like if I took that position, I would be pulling my family away from the community that they needed, you know, that was at the, at, at the Erie campus. Right. Um, and I want to protect that so much I get it. Yeah. Um, that I was very hesitant in saying yes. So I thought about it for a little bit, ultimately said yes. Um, and then the week before I'm supposed to lead, I randomly get COVID again. And I'm just like, what no! the heck? Like, come on. Okay. Um, if those are not doors that are being yeah, closed. No, right? So, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, what do you think God is trying to teach you through this already? Yeah. And so at that point, I will firmly say I was agreeing to the Thornton position with the mindset of this is step one of me getting my job back at Erie. Oh. Um, and so wow. I think that um, God had to like remind me again because I'm wow. too stubborn to learn my lesson, I guess. I don't know. Um, you would think after all I went through, <laughs> big, okay, God, I get it. You know, I'm going to stop trying my you don't plan. Learn. You, you know? do not learn, and, my friend. Uh, and so I, um, yeah. And so you got to understand, like, it was so good for us. Like yeah. my job was so good, like for me mentally, for my family, for, um, every sense of the word, it was amazing. And we absolutely loved it. And I felt like this was the job I was going to be until I'm the old guy on stage. They're like, dude, you're too old to be leading contemporary worship. You need to go, you know? And so that was what I thought we had found. And that is what we were, be, we were praying for, you know, adamantly as a family to find that. And so then for that to like be taken away, that was hard yeah. to like, and so that's why I fought it so much, you know? Um, and so anyway, so I randomly get COVID. I can't even think of being around a person that even coughed leading up before that. Um, Seriously, so who, gets, who gets COVID in 2023? <laughs> yeah, right. so I mean, <laughs> it, it was completely random, completely unexpected. And like two days after I said, yes, I'll, I'll lead at Thornton. Um, then I randomly get COVID. I'm like, well, okay, never mind. We'd already announced it to people. You were going to come. Like, you know, like we already told our friends and people who've like helped us and loved us through this process because it was going to like that we campus, to celebrate. That you know? campus needed extra chairs. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so that happened. And then it was just like, what the heck? Like, what? Like, why? Like, what is going on? And, um, and then obviously, then all this fear came back into like, what is it going to do to me? I started experiencing some symptoms again. My specialist was like, it's probably going to trigger everything again. And so I'm being told basically, here we go again, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so people prayed for us and, you know, thankfully I got better and I stayed better <laughs> and I, I instantly went back to how I felt before. Mm. Um, 
And I do think the symptoms that I had during COVID were just normal. Like my heart rate was spiking, but I also had fever, you know, and I had some dizziness that came back, but it wasn't, you know, anything that was, uh, dis- uh, uh what's the word, um, uh, disabling, mm-hmm. you know, like it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I got better and then it was like, well, do you still want to do this? You know? And I was like, Ooh, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I'm supposed to. And so I, I, I was like, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I, you're pulling out I'm completely. not, I don't need to do this. Um, and the more I prayed and the more I thought about it, the more I felt like God was like telling me like, look, you went into this for you, <laughs> but I want you to go into this for me mm. and for wow. this need that's there that you can meet and that you can fulfill for your church and for your community. Um, you know, even though it's a different campus, those people there knew what I was going through. Those people were praying for me, yeah. even though I've never even met them. That's right. Um, and so then once I got, I felt that it was like, okay, like I'm an idiot. I'll own that. <laughs> like I really wanted my job back, but I'm going to accept it again. And I'm going to say, sure, I'll do it. Um, and so you asked me earlier, where are you at with worship? Um, so now I am officially, and I will, this will be the first time this is publicly announced, but I am going to be the interim worship leader at the Thornton campus. Um, through the end of August, mm. that's kind of the terms that they've they've agreed upon. Um, and so I'm doing that now with this mindset of this is an incredible opportunity mm. that I, for me to be able to do something I never even thought I'd be able to do again. But also, I'm doing it to help meet a need in our church that Absolutely. I have a unique skill yeah. set that I can fulfill that yeah. need. And there's um, a need there. There is a need. There's a need know? there, and because they haven't had a worship leader for a very long time. Yeah, um, and. Um, and so, yeah, so it was a really neat thing. And I ended up leading for a good Friday service as the first service that I led. I will say that was the weirdest experience of my life <laughs> because it was like this ongoing mental struggle of like, do I be happy or like, what is, you know, like, I don't know it. it I prevented myself from like really enjoying it yeah. and being thankful for the moment. That's understandable um, though. I because mean, there was still be, this guard yeah, up, yeah. you know, of like, I don't know that I want to get excited about you're this You're trying again. to protect yourself yeah. really well. Um, yeah. And so it was a weird experience. Um, and then I led the Sunday after Easter again. Mm-hmm. And that time, um, uh, yeah, I, I looked out and saw Susan and she was just like, <laughs> in tears, you know? And so I like am up there, like trying to hold it together, you know, I'm leading, but then I, I felt it. I like felt like, wow, like <laughs> I'm here leading worship again, by the grace standing, of God. you know, and, um, exactly by the grace of God and doing all these things that I was told by the best specialist in this area that I would never be able to do again. Um, and so, that was really cool. And it, and that weekend was all about like God's faithfulness. Mm. Um, and so I, I said a little bit about that, you know, and, and not wanting to like fully share my story because I didn't even know, you know, do these people even really even know who I am, you know, like, yeah. and afterwards, so many of those people came up and were like, we are, this is incredible. Like, we're so glad that we got to see this and be here for this. And, um, see you leading. We've been praying for you you know, for this whole time. And it's just incredible to see this answered prayer and see you here. And like, so it was this really neat moment, you know, that like these people that I've never even met 
um, in a different community. You know, it's still our church, but it's a different location, different city, different community. Um, you know, still give God the glory and mm-hmm. just be like, it's so incredible to witness a miracle. Um, and um, and yeah, and so all that to say, like I am, I one hundred percent feel healed, um, and. <laughs> that's an incredible thing to say, you know, and an incredible thing to share um, because there is no medical explanation for this, but there is a spiritual explanation for this. And that has been really cool to share with these medical specialists who don't believe in that, yeah. um, who can't, <laughs> can't fight that, you know, they can't say, oh yeah, no, this has happened because of this treatment or this thing or whatever it's no you're going to suffer for the rest of your life you have no hope you're not going to get better there's nothing you can do just try to manage your mm. symptoms to the best that's that's what i'm being told by these people yeah so then to come back and be like hey guess what right <laughs> i'm good yeah you know like i got i got nothing like it's gone you know and they're like what and and so it's just been really neat i think it's fantastic because yeah. um you know, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Exactly. And I think clinging ourselves to to that, knowing that God is in control of our future, mm-hmm. it's just mind-blowing. David, in closing, yeah. five years ago, did you predict that you <laughs> that you would be where you are right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. Five so, years ago. Gosh, five years ago. Let's where, it's been three years. So that, that was... Right, you've been here... Three years, right? Yeah. So you've years. been here three years. Yeah, five years so that ago. Was, um, that was right in the middle of despair mm-hmm. again, like because that was after I lost my job mm-hmm. at the church plant. And it was like, what are we going to do now? And I was just like, I'm done with ministry. I'm not doing it again. And that's when I got into construction. Um, Is there a difference between when you said mm-hmm. five years ago, I'm done with ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just go another route. And then now this time around. When you actually said, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm I, done with ministry," are the, is there a difference? There is a difference on posture in your posture exactly, towards God. Yeah. So because then five years ago it was like I'm done. I'm angry. Now it's like I'm done with my position at, at the Erie campus, but I'm not done with ministry. You know, mm. I don't have to be. <laughs> it's I see it in a different light. I don't have to be a full time employed minister. To do, ministry. Church, to do ministry and that was something yeah. that's different Amen with that throughout. Amen to that because that's yeah. i think that should be our rela- yeah. our reality yeah. many of us we as human beings i've seen it we get so accustomed to mm-hmm. doing ministry mm-hmm. being paid by our church and what that and leave, life leave it up to, yes. the, to them correct yeah. you know um and, not, and what that life yeah. shows because we've been there yeah now in the other side it's like we are in ministry, but this is just the ministry that God has put in our hearts. Yeah. And, and, and it's, a, it's a different way to coping with it. Mm-hmm. It's a different posture mm-hmm. on what you do. Yeah. And, and the why is totally different too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And now like we want to be able to do to others what they did to us mm. over this past year. Mm. Um, and so with that said, like we want to put ourselves in a great financial situation so we can always bless mm. other people and help them like they've helped. Raphael, like people paid, they've paid for our lives, literally, for this past year. Like 
That's crazy. How much, David? David, that's the church. It, exactly. And I think, and I think, <laughs> I, I, I want to make something clear here because mm-hmm. there's this is something that even those who are Christians or in ministries don't understand sometimes because we've we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Is that verse? Is that what Jesus says that it is more more blessed to give mm-hmm. to somebody exactly that to receive? Amen. <laughs> that is such a reality. It is, and sometimes. We rob people mm-hmm. of the blessing mm-hmm. <laughs> that it is for them exactly. to help we, us. We struggled we, with we that. We love thought. to rob people yes. of that blessing. And yes. we learned that, you know, late. Um, our pastors would tell us, you got to ask for help because yeah. people are willing to help. Mm-hmm. They just to need them. to know. Yeah. You need to let them because... That's how they will be blessed. Mm-hmm. Don't rob these people that are trying to help you mm-hmm. from that blessing. And understanding that and being in that place of accepting mm-hmm. the help, knowing that God is blessing them mm-hmm. and they are going to feel the blessing from God as they help you. Yeah. That's a beautiful place to be at. Yep. It is. And I'll say at the beginning of what we were going through, it was hard for us to ask for help. Um, we didn't want to put that burden on anybody. We felt like it was a burden. That right. was the word that kept like haunting right. us. Isn't that such, like, a word, not a such a wordy like, you know, thinking, like, right? None of this is a burden on anybody and because they love us, they care for us yeah. and you help, you yeah. know, like with joy. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and so it, it was a, we had to go through that process of, allowing us you Mm -hmm. know the the most awkward thing we've ever done is had to ask for help financially Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and thankfully we had a friend that basically did it for us and started a Mm -hmm. like fundraising thing that people Mm -hmm. could give to and like um but it was that was even awkward to like even advertise that you know it was Mm like oh i don't know like this is weird um but it's been incredible and god has um shown us the beauty of the body of christ um we've lived acts yeah i've always wanted to be like i want to be involved in a a body of christ that that is acts you know Uh, the the church in acts of meeting all your needs and there was no need and and daily people are being added you know to the kingdom of god because of that and because of the way they were living their lives and the way it was different um and I like we saw that, we, and then we realized we're in we're in that place. You know, not not that we're perfect by any means. Nobody is. There's still stuff. There's still mistakes, and we're we're human. You know, but in terms of being surrounded by faithful followers of Jesus who want to faithfully meet the needs of those around them, it's been incredible. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the body of Christ for sure. Amen. So, yeah. Well, David, thank you for being here. Yeah. In the podcast, in this episode, is really a joy for us to, uh, for those who are listening, um, uh, for those who may know David or may not mm-hmm. know David. Uh, actually, we're going to put the, in the show notes, we're going to add a link. 
uh, on how to connect with you through, yeah, your, through your real estate. And, um, and I do have a blog that I started too, which that was also helpful yeah. for specifically for pots because right. it's such an unknown world. Are you, are you continuing, uh, feeling, <laughs> uh written in adding, a while adding to it? So because I had to focus on real estate, Rafael, right. I, I studied for that test in two weeks and got it done in two weeks. Dude, that's it's supposed to be like months, uh, and somehow passed the test afterwards. So I went crash you're, course you're real cramming. estate. And, um, so when I've was the last in. time that you study that much <laughs> in know. such a short period <laughs> of time? College. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't even know how to do this. And I was like, how do you study? Like, yeah, seriously. Uh, Those yeah. cramming sessions are tough though. Oh man. Yeah. But somehow I passed. And even in that moment, I even like when I, when I clicked submit for like, and I saw I passed, I had just like broke down in tears. <laughs> Cause I was just like, thank you God. Like, yes. this is it, you know? Yes. And and I've, it's been great. It's been incredible. And even through that, I've been able to make ministry connections and mm-hmm. um, pastor people through mm-hmm. difficult times. Because one of the things about real estate, you think real estate, you think buying a home, you think it's like this fun, you know, it's a process, like, man. everybody's finding their dream home. Yeah, The majority of real estate transactions happen out of heartache. Mm. They happen out of oh, divorce, yeah. death in the family, yeah. job loss, financial struggles. And so the majority of people that you're dealing with are not these like happy first time home buyers right. that are living their dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's people who are living a nightmare. Yeah. And my first open house that I did, I met somebody like that and was mm. able to pastor to this person mm. and share how our stories connected um, with what I had been through. And in that moment, I just saw a guy connecting all the dots and it was so cool. Um, so yes, I am a realtor with Keller Williams and I love every minute of it. And I am fully 100% committed to that. And I'm fully 100% able to say that, that I'm committed to it. Um, and cause I've learned my lesson. I'm stopped knocking on that door. Um, (laughs) it's been close. Um, and, uh, but then also with my blog, um, there's a lot of helpful stuff out there. So if you're listening to this dealing with dysautonomia with pots, what they've learned now is that there are a lot of new cases that have happened that it's been triggered from COVID mm-hmm. and they don't know why mm-hmm. <laughs> they're studying it. The medical mm-hmm. community is trying to figure it all out. Um, but yes, I do have a, a blog pots posts, um, and so I, we can share that we'll, yeah, link we'll, on here as we'll well. We'll add all that information and to I, the show I will notes. be writing on it again okay. now that my cramming mistake <laughs> session okay. is done. I think there will be so, that, you know, because that's an immune disorder, right? POTS is? They don't know. Okay. <laughs> so some people say it can be, some people say it's not. So uh-huh. what they say is it, it is a, it's a nervous, essential, uh, like, you know, Okay. Uh, autonomic nervous system. Right. So it's but a neurological and, and disorder. And this happens after you got sick. It's mostly triggered by sickness. Yes. Right. So um, for me, and I can think back on times in my life when I've had bouts of dizziness and things like that. I, I got like cat scans when I was younger and like, you know, nothing came from it. Um, so it's it's been with me. But for whatever reason, they've learned that COVID is like steroids for it. And mm-hmm. so if you get, if it's triggered by COVID, it's much more severe. Hmm. Um, and they don't know why. Um, they don't know what the connection is there with a the neurological disorder and COVID. So, um, but the good news is it's being studied, it's being researched. Um, and I will always like, this is who I am. This is part of my story. Right. I will always want to help right. people experiencing this um, and share what I've learned through it. Um, you know, what's worked for me, what hasn't worked for me, things you need to avoid. And, um, you know, there's lots of advice on there that can be helpful for someone who's experiencing something like this for sure. So before we close one advice 
that you would like to share mm -hmm. to anybody who's listening, who's struggling, who's in despair, mm -hmm. who's going through a difficult time in their lives? Mm. What is one thing that you have learned so far? Yeah. That you can you can encourage somebody. Yeah, I just think, you know, throughout this journey, I cannot imagine going through this without my faith in God. Hmm. I cannot imagine that. That would be so dark and so hopeless, because you would have no source of hope. So I think first and foremost, like God is real, <laughs> like God is love. He is He is real. He is everything, and. You know, so if you're in doubt and you're struggling with, does he exist? He does. He does. And um, he loves you, you know? And so first and foremost, give your life to him because you can't get through this. You can't get through something like this without him, um, without that faith that grounded me. You know, yes, I had doubted. Yes, I was angry, but it was always there in the back of my mind. Mm. And God was always leading me through this. And I saw those moments where he was crying out to me. Um And so I think that's first and foremost of you have to have faith um, and um, not just any faith, <laughs> right. but faith in God, faith in Jesus, um, that he is Lord, he is Savior, he is King, um, he is who he says he is, you know? Um, and so I think that's first and foremost. Second, let people help you seek help. You will not be able to do this on your own. Um, and I made a career out of helping others. Very few times in my life mm. did I have to let others help me. Um, and so that was a growing experience for me. Um, but let people help you. You're not in it alone. Surround yourself with people um, who help. And the people who will help you the most is a body of Christ, a true body of Christ. Yes. Who will love and care for you, who will meet your needs um, and um, do what they can, you know, to, to help in any way, no matter what that is, no matter how hard that task is, no matter how impossible it may seem, they'll show up and yeah. they'll love you and they'll help you through it. Yeah. Amen. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Just know that we put a lot of effort into each episode and I hope this episode encourages you as much as it did to me. And if it does, will you mind sharing this episode with someone else? It will mean the world to me. Like, follow and subscribe to the Man Refine podcast anywhere you consume your podcast. If you're listening in Spotify, you can actually rate and follow this podcast. If you are listening in Apple podcast, you can follow the podcast and you can rate this podcast. Thank you again. Until next time. God bless you.